0: I'm excited. We're starting a new sermon series today. Um, it's probably going to be a few months. It will take us right to around Easter. We're going to go through the book of Proverbs. Um, it is my one of my favorite books in the Bible. Because it teaches you how to navigate life well. So, it's wrong and it's not sound and it's not helpful if we believe that as Christians we're never going to run into storms in life. If you're a human being, you're gonna run into storms, you're gonna run into challenges, you're gonna run into tough circumstances. Some of them will be major like traffic on 93, minor like traffic on 93. Some of them are major like losing a lost love, losing a loved one or going through serious illness or serious strain on family relationships. There's, there's so many things that we have to navigate in this life. And God causes us to, calls us to navigate them well to his glory and to our joy. So there's great value in having wisdom. And the reason that Proverbs was written is so that we could gain wisdom. It was written mostly by the wisest guy who ever lived, who really navigated all arenas of life well. We're always impressed when people navigate life well. When a tough circumstance comes that way and they don't lose it, they don't act crazy, they don't vent, they don't post it on Facebook, we're always impressed when someone navigates life well. We call these people wise people. And wise people bring much glory to God and wise people are happier people. They're blessed people. People who see the storm and they're able to navigate through it. I was watching um, one of those cop shows where they have that raw footage of the reality stuff that's going on. And there was some crazy footage they have of a man who was on the run from the cops. It all happened right in the street. I believe it was in China. And the cops had this man. They had him cornered. And he grabbed the 10, she was like 10 to 12 year old little girl. He grabbed her. He had a knife. And he put a knife right to her chest. And he said, if you guys come any closer, anyone shoots at me, I'm going to stab her in the chest. It's hard for me to watch that stuff. I can't deal with that stuff because I want to get up and just start throwing the TV around. I get so frustrated when people want to harm children like that. that There's something that's so unjust and so wrong about that. It bothered me so much. He's sitting there, and he's so paranoid, and he has it. And the cops are saying, we'll give you money. Don't do it. We'll give you money. We'll do anything. And a big crowd is coming around. He's right on the sidewalk and people start gathering around the situation. You don't realize it, but as you look closer, you see this guy in a tank top with jean shorts on. He's not part of the law enforcement. He walks over to the side of the sidewalk. He takes out a gun and just starts shooting. Just starts shooting. Like the wild west. Pa, pa, pa. He's shooting. He misses everything. Everyone's just like, what are you doing? You stand back and say, that guy is a proverbial idiot. You say, that was so stupid what he just did. I don't care what his intentions were. He could have got riled up. He could have said, I'm going to help the cause. In his mind, he was going to come out like John Wayne, put the guy, the crowd was going to cheer, the girl was going to run to freedom. But it was so foolish. He had a storm in front of him. And he shot. He could have killed people in the crowd. He could have shot the girl. Anything could happen. That's how a foolish man approaches the storms of life. He allows his emotions to get to him. Dave, am I too loud? Okay, should I come down a little bit? Good. Because I get riled up sometimes. People said they couldn't hear me last few weeks, and I think we came a little over the top today. Forgive me. We're trying to be wise. So a foolish person lets their emotions get to him, They just react. They don't think it through. They don't think who they harm, what the consequences are, and they shoot foolishly in life. But then the law enforcement got there, the people who were trained, and they realized this guy got into the middle of a courtyard right in the corner. He felt like he could see everyone, but there was one blind spot right above him. So they start setting up a ladder, a 16-foot ladder. On the other side, the guy can't see him. They bring a sniper in. They said there's only one way to skillfully get this guy and to navigate this well so this girl doesn't die. Quietly they set up the ladder, the guy climbs it, the sniper gets over it, one shot that had, he's gone, the girl's fine. Justice is served. That's the difference between a wise man that handles a situation and a foolish man. So it's important that we have a working definition of what wisdom is. There's many complex answers you can give, but wisdom Is skillful living. That's the working definition that we're going to go with. It's when someone lives skillfully. They know how to respond when someone talks bad about them. They know how to respond and manage their money well. They know how to respond in every life situation well to the glory of God. And so we're going to go through many topics from being wise in words next week. How do we use our words wisely? Do we use our words to tear down? Do we use our words for gossip? Or do we use our words to proclaim the gospel and to encourage people? We're going to talk about wisdom and temptation and lust. How are we wise in navigating the storms of lust? How are we wise in navigating the storms of addiction? How are we wise in navigating planning? There's wisdom in planning. We will go through a bunch of different themes. There's so many of them. Friendship, parenting, family. A bunch of them. I'm excited about it. We're going to learn as a church. We're going to grow in wisdom. We're going to gain in wisdom because that's the point of Proverbs. And I just want to read Proverbs 1, 2 through 7 to you. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand the words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So today I want us to start our journey, but we have to start our journey. You have to value wisdom. We all value things in our life. We say, that has great value. We deem it valuable. We go after it. We search for it. We pursue it. Today I want you to see the value of wisdom because we need to see that uh, wisdom is valuable first so that we pursue it. And in pursuing it, we gain it so that we can live life, our lives to the glory of God, and happy lives. But let's pray as we start the sermon. So I just want to pray. Father, would you drive this word into our hearts today that we might grow in wisdom, that we might throw away foolishness, even repent of foolishness, Lord, that we might seek wisdom as a precious jewel more valuable than we could ever imagine. Amen. All right, verse 13. It says, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. (laughs) That word blessed is rooted in the word that means happiness that comes from being right with God. Do you know that the happiest you'll ever be is when you are right with God? You're blessed, you're happy, you're satisfied, you're joyful when you're right with God. When you leave areas of your life where you're unrepentant, where there are walls in your life where you say, I'm not going to change in this, I'm going to continue to be foolish, I will not grow up in this, I'm going to stay in my immaturity in this. Those are the ingredients that will lead to dissatisfaction. Wisdom makes you happy. Foolish decisions brings you to ruin. Even if they feel good at the moment... They ultimately bring you to a place where you're unsatisfied. I can't tell you how many people I talk to as a pastor, and I watch them go in a circle in their life. In a foolish, that's what foolishness does. It brings you in a circle where wisdom brings you forward. I say, you've got to change this. You've got to stop doing this. Don't make this decision again. Don't go that way. And they say, I know I'm supposed to change. I know I shouldn't be doing this. I know this is not good for me. But they do it all over again. That's foolishness. And that brings disf- dissatisfaction. But wisdom brings you to a place of such joy and such satisfaction. And it brings true life. But you have to pursue it. So I've been reading this book on gold. Because to be honest with you guys, I'm trying to understand the money system better. I'm trying, one of my New Year's resolutions was like, I gotta understand money better. Because I never cared about money. If I'm gonna be honest with you, I just never cared. I just felt like money's the roots of all kind of evil. I don't want any part of it. I need what I need to live. Forget about it, right? But that's not wise in itself because we need to navigate money well to the glory of God too. But I said i got to read more about money and i got to read more. Why is gold so valuable? Why are things so valuable? Why is this? I'm not saying I'm any kind of genius on this right now. So please don't. i got a library book. So please don't take me. i, I got no degrees in this area. But I know that people pursue these things so passionately. I'm reading this book of gold. I'm seeing people killing thousands of people for gold. I'm seeing people mining miles and miles for gold. I'm seeing people in the worst conditions I've ever seen to work working for gold. And I'm saying they must deem this valuable. And I asked Wendy before the service, because believe it or not, we have someone from South Africa, and I'm to talk about a South African mine. So I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so she helped me, and I'm still going to do it wrong. The Mpening mine, it wasn't close, it was like 75% there. It's one of the deepest mines there is. They say at one point it had about half of the world's gold deposit. The commute is an hour and a half to go about two and a half miles down into the mine, right? It is hot down there, 150 degrees. They pump ice and cool air in there to get it to a cool, comfortable 85 humid degrees in there. And people work in there. They spend vast amounts of time in there. They were running out of gold. It was a 45% drop over the last century. So they said, we've got to keep mining. So they used technology and strategy. And they went three miles down and found this gold reef that they said was worth $6 billion. But they'd have to dig 7,000 feet to get there. Okay? People underground digging 7,000 feet. It would take over six, roughly 6,000 blasts of 10 to 12 feet at a time to get to this destination. They're all down there happy. They're happy because they're saying once we blast through this, the value of this stuff is so valuable it's going to change our lives. So they blast and they pursue and they sacrifice and they move and they go after it with such a passion because they say it's worth it. It's that valuable. I want you to see wisdom as far more valuable than that gold at that bottom of the mine. That you're willing to blast through the walls of foolishness in your life if you can obtain that wisdom, which will cause you to live a life to God's glory, and you will find ultimate satisfaction in it. Because wisdom is far more valuable than these earthly treasures. And that's what the next verse <coughs> tells us. Let's look in verse 14. For the gain from her is better than the gain from silver. And her profit is better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. And nothing you can desire can compare with wisdom. Now this is a grand statement. Because I just told you that that reef <coughs> was worth $6 billion. And the scriptures are teaching us that wisdom is more profitable than that. So I don't care how much labor you spend, how much equipment you buy. I don't care what kind of insurance you're going to buy for the company. There's still billions of profit. From mining that gold, But the scriptures teach us that wisdom. Is far more profitable than that. Now to understand value. Is an interesting complex thing. But I'll break it down to these simple things. Things are valuable because they're essential right. So food, water, shelter, clothes. <laughs> those are valuable because we need them. Then we have things that are valuable because they add to the quality of a life. And there's nothing wrong with that. They're beautiful things. There's precious jewels and gold and silver. And those are things that we admire because they're only beams and lights of the God who created them. We're made to behold beauty and to love it and to be satisfied with beauty. And Jonathan Edwards, who is one of the greatest um, theologians in the West, I want to read you a quote because this helps you understand it. It says, For as God... Is infinitely the greatest being, so he is allowed to be infinitely the most beautiful and excellent. In all the beauty to be found throughout the whole creation is but a reflection of the diffused beams of that being who hath an infinite fullness of the brightness of his glory. So I don't want to say to you that jewels aren't valuable, I don't want to say they're not precious because. They're beautiful. God made them. They're just beams. Anything in life that we value, they do have some value. But they pale in comparison to the value of wisdom. I went to the Museum of Fine Arts this week with my wife, Date Night. Let me tell you something. This place is huge. It is huge. I I went to like a field trip when I was a kid. It seemed so much smaller. They had some of the most beautiful and precious jewelry, artifacts, Paintings, drawing, and as I beheld these things, I felt satisfied. As a, they were just beams, they were just they helped lead me to the Creator. When I see, like I saw emerald necklace, like I've never seen emerald this green. I saw amber shine like I've never seen it shine. I saw amethyst necklace, and I'm not big in the jewelry. I got a ninety dollar wedding ring. I was like, yeah, I ain't milking. No I ain't putting JT as an initial in my ring. I got a $90 wind ring, and I stood back and said, this is unbelievable. This is beautiful. These things were precious. I st- stood next to this 13-foot statue. I said, wow, we're meant to behold beauty. And these things do have some value. But the value, well, the scripture, is nothing compared to the value of wisdom. It's not even in the same arena. And so you ask why. When something is valuable, you ask why. Why is gold valuable? It's rare. It's the purest. You know, all those kind of things. Why is wisdom so valuable? And the next verse tells us. It says, long life is in her right hand, and her left hand are riches and honor. <laughs> her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths of peace. Those are some of the values of valuable things of wisdom. Let's start there. It says long life is in our right hand. Now, does this mean everyone's going to live to 125 and be jogging around the Wakefield Lake? No, but your life will be quality. Jesus lived 33 years, and he lived the most abundant, fulfilling life there was to live. Your life is better when you find wisdom. You make better decisions in all arenas of lifestyle when you have wisdom. You make better decisions on your health. You make better decisions on exercise. You know, like so many things happen where you make better decisions. Like I had to, I had severe allergies. I do have severe allergies. I mean, I dream of having a dog. One time I tell you guys, I had a dream. I had a dog and I was petting him and it was a big fluffy one. It was only a dream and I woke up. I was like, oh, that's what it's like having a dog? (laughs) This is wrong. God did me wrong. He gave me allergies. I had allergies for so long, I just walked around sniffling. I walked around with swollen eyes. I'd be like, I could barely get breath in. I'd be trying to get breath in. I needed an inhaler. I never managed my health well. I said, i got to take care of my health for the quality of my life. Finally, I got a little wise. I went to an allergist. I get shots regularly. They gave me the right medicine, and my quality of life is so much better. That's wisdom. Foolishness is saying, I'm not going to do anything that's going to help my health. In every arena. i got to get back to the gym. That's the resolution. It's taking a little while. Maybe second week of February, I'll get there. But long life are in the right here. A better life. Rich is an honor. Now, people wrongly believe, and they preach poverty theology, that it's wrong to be rich. Jesus never preached that. He just said, if you are rich, make sure you use your riches to glorify God. There's nothing wrong with being rich if that's not the thing that you value the most. And Paul gave great things to help us instruct in there. He says, you know, and I just want to say this, you make better financial decisions when you're wise. Foolish people spend frivolously. I want this. I spend it. I'm not going to save. I need it. We don't have it. That's foolish. Wise people say, I'm going to save. I'm going to make good investments. Um, We can go without that. I'm going to you know, steward my money well, and many people find themselves in a good financial position because they do that. There's nothing wrong with that wisdom. That's that's why we should invest in our kids' future, our own future, our retirement, as long as we value the things that are most important. This is why Paul says, "As for the rich. He doesn't say stop being rich. He says, As for the rich in the present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on, an, on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may hold of that which is truly life. Many times we are wise, we make better financial decisions and better financial situations. Now, my preaching prosperity theology, you guys know me. I'm not trying to sell you something for $9.99. But I'm saying, wise people, many times find themselves in good financial positions because they steward their life well. Then the third thing he says, they'll have the path, the ways of wisdom are the ways of pleasantness and the path of peace. I'll be first to say this. My life was filled with drama before I got, now I'm not saying I'm fully wise. Please don't hear me saying that. Don't let the pul- pulpit fool you. But my life was filled with so much drama until I started growing in the wisdom that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was unpleasant, downright unpleasant at times. Like, I sleep better than I've ever slept in my life now because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of wisdom. I'm getting to the point where I'm scaring myself. My wife's been on me. I'm literally turning over in the snoring starch. She's like, how are you falling asleep so soon? I used to have to sleep on the couch with my favorite movie on. Then get from the couch into the room because there were so many parts of my life I was foolish in there. There was unrest in my soul. There was so much unrest and stuff God had to get out of my soul. I sleep like a baby. My life is pleasant. I'm sitting there on Thursday night. And so I go on runs on Netflix. I find a certain series... I don't want to wake a week to watch it. I can watch them one after another. And so the, the series of the time right now is Frazier. Has anyone watched Frazier? Frasier is absolutely hilarious series. I'm only in the second season. So that's been the new run, Frasier. And I'm sitting there. I'm all tucked in, wearing pajamas. Everything's nice. And I'm saying, what the heck? And I'm watching Frazier. I'm saying, Man, my life is really pleasant. You know, I have a peaceful life. There was a day when my life was not peaceful. Because I was not wise. Wisdom brings peace. Brings a pleasant life. Brings joy. Brings rest. Further on this chapter says those who are wise just have peaceful sleep. They have rest. They enjoy God. That's what I want for you in this sermon series. To find wisdom so that you enjoy God. Because God is the most enjoyable thing we can value. And it brings our life. Such satisfaction. In verse 18, it says, She is a tree of life to those who laid hold of her. Those who hold fast to her call the blessed." I want us as a people to hold fast to wisdom, to value wisdom. Let's talk about the tree of life. Where do we see that? In Genesis 2, 3, we also see it at the end of Revelation. It talks about the tree of life as you eat it, conforming you to the moral law of God and being the blessing of the end for the righteous. And a new heavens and a new earth. That we should long to be wise and eat from the tree of wisdom. Now I've said that wisdom makes you happy. But that's not the primary reason that we should seek wisdom. We should seek wisdom because when we live wise lives, it brings glory to God in heaven. And that's what you and me were made for. Now a result of that is you're the happiest you've ever been. But you were made to live your life wisely so people see your s- skillful living, your light's in the darkness, and you point people to Jesus. They want to know him. They want to know what's going on. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Don't get nervous. They're moving. They've already moved, but they're going to believe in in three weeks, so I've got to make a part of the message. I didn't mean to, but it's a really good example. It's a, it's, a, it's a praise. Me and Dave were talking a few weeks ago, and Anna helped servant. And no matter what I tell, I can walk over to Anna and say, Anna, we got a lake, 522 bricks right here. And go grab that ox right there and pull the building and put it right in front of those bricks. Can you make that happen? She'd be like, yeah, I got that. I got to the point where I said, Dave, does she have a sin nature? I've got I got I to question my theology here. Does she have a sin nature? And as we talked about those things, Dave said, man, I want to meet her dad. i got to talk to her dad. Because the way she lives reflects her dad and it brings glory to her dad that he did something right in raising her and showing her the gospel and showing what living like a servant meant. It's like that when we live our lives for Jesus. When we live our lives skillfully, people start asking, I want to know his God. I want to know her God. I want to know their father. And that brings great glory To God, that's what we were meant to do in our lives. So we ask this question. We ask ourselves, how do I get wisdom? (laughs) Okay, it's valuable. It glorifies God. It makes me happy. How do I get wisdom? So let's start here. You have to pursue it. And I said this. I want you guys leaving here saying wisdom is so valuable. I've got to pursue it. As much as that gold wreath worth $6 billion that was 7,000 feet away, that you are willing to blast a wall at a time, 10 feet at a time, to get there. Wisdom is not obtained in a night. It's a journey. I want you guys to seek that. You see a wall in your life that is foolish. You know it's foolish. You know you're going in the same cycle. you got the best explosive material, the gospel. Blow right through that thing. And go to the next. You've got to blow those walls down till you get to the treasure that is wisdom. It will change your life. Secondly, no pursuit as a Christian. We can really not pursue something well unless we pray. And it says that in um, Proverbs 2, 3. It says, cry out for wisdom. Raise your voice for understanding. Cry out for it be honest, that's been one of my prayers the last few years. Lord, I need wisdom. I need it. Intercede. Ask for it. God, give me this. I need this. I know I'm foolish in areas. I know I need to grow. I know I need to mature. I know I need to change. I want this because it's so valuable. Lord, please answer my prayer. Give me wisdom. Let that be our prayer as a body of believers and as individuals. Thirdly, find people who are wise in your life. Who do you think wise? Now, there's some people who are wise in some areas and not so wise in other areas. Do you know someone, maybe you're having trouble in your, your marriage? Do you know someone who has a healthy and a good marriage? Say, can I talk to you for a little bit? Can you share with me just some, uh, some things you do for a healthy marriage? What does that look like? I see that you have a f- flourishing and a vibrant marriage. What does that look like? Wisdom listens. Hear about that. Are you someone who is frivolous with your finances? You spend and you know it's wrong. You know it's foolish. Find someone who deals with their money well. and Say, can I listen to you? Can you give me some wisdom? Can I hear from you on the situation? If you know someone is a great planner and you know the person that is not planned to a minute before, say, tell me how you organize things. How do you plan things? What does this look like? That's one way to gain wisdom. You pursue it. You pray for it. You ask people who are wise in different areas. And here's the most important. It is God who gives wisdom. So you must go to God to get wisdom. Therefore, we have to hear the words of Jesus. Jesus was the wisest to ever walk this earth. He is God. He has always existed. He is the wisest. Allow Jesus to speak into your life, in every area of life, and shape you in wisdom for his glory, your joy. Amen.